Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. Hi, I'm Dr. Lisa. Welcome to our show. Welcome to my fucking show. This is my fucking show. This is the one hour out of the whole fucking week that I get to have any sense of being in charge, and I try to keep control over it, but I don't know if it worked out last week. I'm still a little bu- bugged out that I think I felt a little out of control because I had two weeks off, and uh, Mike Kaplan's just smarter than I am he is and uh it was just really hard for me um I hope he I mean I love Mike uh that's all I'm gonna say we don't have to go on about that um our show today is gonna be fantastic because I have a woman I really missed having a woman on the show I really like women energy you know um so uh but I am heterosexual I mean I just know it not that I'm determined to be that way but I don't know maybe I I started thinking maybe as I get older but you don't want you don't care you don't care but uh before we get started I wanted to let you know that I'm coming to you from Radio Free Brooklyn which is such an amazing station and it's getting better and better and better I'm so proud to be part of this I can't tell you um it's part of um an independent community uh media and uh we want to ask you to help support us they did this really cool thing um, called uh, – what is it called? It's called um, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And you can pledge uh, as little as a dollar a month and just help everybody stay on the air. I mean this is a totally not-for-profit endeavor here. It's really just to um, add to the planet without asking for – you know, without thinking like we're going to get rich, which is I keep wondering why I'm doing this. I'm not going to get rich. Fuck. Um, and I didn't win the Powerball. That's I'm, That joke is so old, people talking about Powerball. That's like with the fucking Happy New Year's. No more of that. Um, anyway, uh, they've got great premi- premiums at every donation level, hats, totes, bags. You can even have the, the studio named after you for a year. And they're really doing a lot for the community. They're doing music education, literacy workshops for local teens. I'm not involved in that. That's way too nice. That's way too fucking decent. I'm too selfish for that. But new musical showcases for Brooklyn bands. That might be fun because you can drink and smoke pot. And then there's live broadcasts of local festivals and events. So please go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com, pledge, slash pledge, um, and uh, just a few bucks. Come on, you know, just a few bucks. So I am here to introduce this most amazing woman. And I just met her. She's also extremely good looking. <laughs> Look at that hair. I'm so jealous of her hair. And uh, her name is, she's a comedian, Peggy O'Leary. Hello. And she has a great voice, too. I Thank noticed you. that because I was listening to your podcast. Um, she is uh, – she's got great credits, folks. This is a big fucking deal. <laughs> I think made me on nervous, except I kind of trust her for some reason. I I like this woman already. Um, good energy in here. Good energy in here. Yeah, we've got the uh, estrogen flowing. Um, so anyway, she's open for Saturday Night Live, Michael Che. She's uh, been at the uh, Just for Laughs. She's got um, this really great podcast and show, Hard, Lonely, and Vicious, at mm-hmm. the Creek Cave Live, which I was listening to. It's really, really good. 
and she's been in everything. She's she's a big deal, you know. She knows everybody. She's been <laughs> in everything. Hi, Peggy. Hi, how are you? Good. So here's how it's going to go today. Peggy and I are going to work this out. So uh, I had had quite a long chat with Peggy several months ago because I wanted her to be on my TV pilot, which, by the way, is on YouTube now, and I need like several thousand votes to get it to series on air on the television set at Brick Media. So you must go to uh, my uh, go to my Facebook page, find it anywhere, Couples Therapy with Dr. Lisa, and get on it. Watch it. It's only twelve minutes. It's actually I'm actually proud of it, which is shocking to me. But so anyway, I wanted Peg, Peggy and I had a pretty down. We had like a pretty. Um, I thought we had a pretty, like, satisfying and meaningful conversation for two strangers who've never met. Did you? I loved it. You did? I did, yeah. Yeah, I thought we really connected, um, or at least Peggy was very open. And we talked about things like, um, and I know Peggy's okay with me talking about this. I just want to run you through this so we can catch up, get you caught up, you listener, you. Uh, Peggy, who I said is a gorgeous woman... Uh, one of her like may, one of the things that is superficial but is talked about is that she used to weigh 250 pounds and she had gastric bypass surgery at age 20. 20. And then she's also been in AA, but she uh, has been through. Well, I was in a 12 step program. 12. Oh, yeah, sorry. That. Yeah, I'm yeah. not supposed to say that shit. It's okay. All right. Whatever. It could have been NA, you I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. It could have been anything. It could have <laughs> been anything. But the point is, is that she went to therapy. She started taking um, antidepressants, which I'm a huge, huge fan of. Me too. I mean, life changing. Life changing. Life changing for for. And then you don't blame yourself, right? Like right. you're weaker. There's something like nice about somebody saying, "This is what it is, and here's a solution that you feel control again." When <laughs> You're in it. You're like, I don't have any control on my emotions or my life. and Or you just think, like, I suck and I'm weak. Yeah. And then it's just like, it's like, it's not your fault. It's not anybody's fault. Yeah. So you just, this. so anyway, so Peggy's been through a lot. That's what I'm saying. We, we've talked about how much she's been through. She's she's a tough chick who's who's lived a lot for her. How many years are you? 29. 29. I mean, she's definitely an old soul. <laughs> uh so I thought since Peggy Peggy and I had a really good vibe that um, we would try and do a real therapy session today, and she agreed, right, Peggy? Yeah. You're cool down with totally. that. So um, we didn't really have enough time to figure out what's really going on in Peggy's mind that we could discuss. So let's talk about that now, Peggy. Let's see. Um, tell me what's – just do some free associating, and let's see what we could do a therapy session with you on. Okay. So what's going on in your life now? Like when, um, what what comes to mind? Like what what are you, like what are you? I don't even mean like bad or good or anxious or whatever. Like what's what's on your what's in the brain? What's taking up space in the brain? Uh, oof, I don't. Um, you know, I would say like last week I uh, I caught a psychic because I felt lost, which is a crazy statement to make. But I just, <laughs> like, I wanted um, somebody to be like, your future isn't bleak. Um, uh, so I just I've been in a little place of um, 
where I don't feel as motivated in other things. Uh, I'm still super motivated in comedy, but you know, I don't. I'm not motivated. Not that you should be, but I'm not motivated to date. I don't care to. You know, fly. you're single. I'm single, and I just don't want to even um, broach the sub. Is that's even how what you would say? But I don't want even want to. And I have a podcast about dating. So it's like I just I, – I, I know that's something I like to do. I love, you know, flirting and I love all that. And right now I, do, I feel very lost and, like, I don't know what I want. I don't know if it's because I don't want to get hurt or if it's because I might be mm-hmm. secretly in love with somebody who I know will never date me. Like, I, you know, it's a combination of stuff where I'm just mm-hmm. – I don't well, know. let's take – maybe um, what occurs to me is let's take your intimacy uh, temperament temperature. Okay. So, um, when was the last time you went out? Was when was the last time you had a boyfriend? Um, last October we broke up. Last, so it's like what a year and three uh, months. Or okay. So. And how long was that relationship? Um, a little under nine months. Mm-hmm. And what's your longest relationship? Um, I dated a guy off and on for a year and a half, and it was very off and then very on. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's the longest. And so what is your dating like? Is there a pattern that you could sort of sum it? I know this is stupid because it's just an hour-long radio show and it's not real. But can you sum it up for us? Um, it's a lot of um, casual dating. Um, what does that mean to you? Uh, you know, just a guy that I, I know is cool and I'll hook up with him. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, I don't know what the last time I was on a date. Uh, I didn't even want to. So there's a, a lot of like, um, there's a lot of like meeting somebody and maybe is it like, so so um, you have a lot of fun. Just like Peggy Guggenheim, by the way. I saw a documentary. She slept with everyone. Yeah. We should all be proud of It's great, you know. So we're not going to – this is not, you know. Do people – you know, the word slut should just be like fucking eliminated. It makes me mad just to even think that somebody might – there is judgment though, right? We, ha- we have to yeah. be real. Okay, so that's not part of this. No. Any judgment. That's I do not- think in New York, uh, there's not too much judgment. Um, I, I know most uh, guys I sleep with and, and friends of mine, you know, mm-hmm. um, we're all totally just fine with it. Cool. Well, I want everyone that's listening to know that's where we're coming from. So shut the fuck up if you <laughs> don't agree. Uh, do you, you, um, so can we, so would we sum it up by saying that you meet people and then you sleep with them? Um, yeah. <laughs> and do you usually go out on a date with them or is it like you meet them and you go and you sleep with them and maybe you sleep with them again or how does it yeah, how does that um, work out? I I've had like I've had a few one night stands but I've had a few guys where it should have been a one night stand but then we keep hanging out. Um uh, yeah, so it's a combination of that. You know, I and I I it's sort of like a joke I have but it's like every guy I've ever slept with always um you know, wishes me a happy birthday on Facebook. So it's like, I know I'm not crazy. Like, I'm still someone people want to talk to after they fuck me. I have no doubt. Well, you also have, like, a pretty, you know, it seems like you have a pretty stable attitude. Like, some women are like, oh, fuck. You know, they get disappointed. They expect something to happen and shit yeah. like that. So you've got, you've got that. You've got that down. Yeah. I think that comes with age. When I was in my early 20s, every guy I slept with, I was like, well, we're not going to get married. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. And now I'm like, I wouldn't even want to get married. <laughs> no, that that helps. So, um, but there's, I mean, do you wind up spending 
I mean, so there's so it doesn't sound like there's any one person that you really focus on, right? Is there like no. kind of like a group or a different? There's, you know, I have a lot of really close guy friends that I think mm-hmm. um, maybe stop me from, you know, wanting a, a serious relationship because I have uh, friends of mine that sure. kind of fulfill that emotional need I have, mm-hmm. uh, which is healthy and unhealthy because I do think that there's. Um, a couple of friends where we both lean on each other a little too much where, you know, if one of us gets in a relationship, I, um, I don't know how, how, how it'll be. Right. Um, but no, yeah, I think um, it's usually this is how I always feel. I always feel like there's a few guys I'm talking to that mm-hmm. I could care less about. And then mm-hmm. there's always one guy I really like and I'm probably not sleeping with him. I'm probably just hanging out with him. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I don't mm-hmm. know how healthy that is, but it works. For me, oh, we're, right we're, now. Yeah. Um, healthy is – we're not – that is not – that is not – it's all good. No yeah. discussion there. Yeah. No judging. No fucking judging. I got to remember that for myself because I'm the worst fucking judge of me. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. What was your relationship with your father like? Oh, he's the best. Mm-hmm. Um, he, Are your parents married? Yeah, they're still married. They're still together. I'm the youngest of six. They've been married wow. – uh, I think like 40, well, let's see, Megan's 42, so like 43, 44 years. Um, they, I mean, uh, I don't know how stable they were at all, the whole time, but um, they're pretty rock solid now. My dad got, uh, he's he's bipolar, mm-hmm. and he got diagnosed like six years ago, mm-hmm. and he had like the worst, like four years of um, a bipolar depression with, if anyone knows what that's like, it's way different than, you know, just regular depression. This is like, he can't get out of bed. Uh, for days, you know, mm-hmm. and um, he, so uh, I think through that, their relationship has had to uh, get stronger in mm-hmm. a way. Did he I'm, have manic phases as well? Yeah, uh, which is like upsetting that like there's, we all kind of like that stage better. My dad was Everyone like, likes that stage everybody, better. Like to a point, you like, yeah. you can, like the coming up of a manic is great, but then once they hit that like crazy, the real crazy uh, high, mm-hmm. that that's when it gets scary. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. But um you know, he's like the most generous. Like I'm, I'm, I would gauge that he probably at times had very alcoholic behaviors. You know, mm-hmm. but he was never a bad drunk. He's a very happy, mm-hmm. generous drunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he's like that when he's manic. He's like the most generous person. Like mm-hmm. he bought a car, and he's <laughs> just like, "Here, this is for Peggy." I'm like, "I live in New York. I don't need a car." Uh-huh. Um, and we were like, "Well, you, you know, something's going up, like going on." He's just buying things like that. But yeah. um, so he was. Uh, you know, I don't remember. He worked a lot. He, I grew up in a funeral home, and uh, he was the on-call person for years at another funeral home as well. Wow. So, you know, childhood, uh, I don't remember him as much. You know, we always had dinner, though. We always had dinner together as a family. Um, so he would just, like, get a call at, like, like 4 o'clock in the morning. He'd have to go get a dead body? Yeah. Wow. How 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 does that affect – how do you think that – how does how does that do, – do, do you – Get used to that idea. Is that like no big deal to you? Or yeah, just part it's of the no job? Big deal. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's sad sometimes. Like it would happen at Christmas a lot, which would be sad. Like he'd have to get up from, you know, Christmas breakfast or whatever and to have go to get go a get dead body. Yeah. Pick up my dad. Right. Hey, my dad, he's here. <laughs> Come get him. Yeah. Um, but no, it's very normal. In my, I mean, my brother does it now. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, they're family are, businesses. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we grew up on top of it. So like we were very much a part of it. Like uh, I mm-hmm. saw a lot. 
Um, mm-hmm. So he it was always very uh, supportive. And, I mean, he cried to me when I was going to get gastric bypass that he just didn't want me to go through with it. He just thought like... You know, I'm. He was. He's just like the. He loves you. He just didn't want you through to go through, through anything. Yeah. He didn't want me to think that that was what I needed to do. Whereas, like my mother, who struggles with weight, and actually had gastric bypass before she had me, um, wow. and then she got pregnant with me five months later. The staples um, popped, and then she got it again when I was five months. But she. But it was a different mm-hmm. surgery than I got. It was a little bit easier to go back into eating bad behavior like mm-hmm. so she eventually um kind of like i guess those staples popped again and Aww. um so my dad really didn't want me to get it because he was just like you know this isn't um a cure and i think probably and what i would say to anybody um getting gastric bypass is do like a solid year of therapy um because nobody really talks about it um about the emotional um eating how really that's what you're struggling with. So then when it gets taken away, what are you going to do um, right. in exchange? And I had a few years where I like thought I was still fat and people would be like, you are not. I would still be wearing my size 22 jeans and Aww. people would be like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't look any different. But like the whole world would be like, you, are, you look so great. And I was just seeing myself as fat Peggy. Um, so it's it's it, it's hard to get away from it's that. Very I think hard. it's really hard to get away from that, right? Yeah, I mean it's. Um, I mean, one I of the I hardest. was. I mean, I've talked about this a little bit. I mean, I didn't have that kind of a weight problem, but you know, I was an overweight teenager, and I I'm not now, but I still. I mean, it never goes away. No. It never goes away. It's always coping. Yeah, and I think a lot of people understand. A lot of women understand that it's fucked up. Yeah. I mean, every weight loss program should just be therapy sessions. Uh, yeah. It's, because it's not, it's rare. I've been doing like bits about this where it's like there's two kinds of women that diet. There's women that are like, oh my God, cookies are bad for you. And you're like, are you serious? Like, you don't really, you know what's bad for you. And then there's the other people that are just like smoking cigs in the back of a weight loss program, just like, yeah, all right, let's talk about our real problems. All right. Why do I keep eating meatloaf? I think it's because George is a fucking asshole. Like, right, right. So it's like, right. I feel like most people don't. Really, you know, everyone just wants to say, oh, fat people are gross or fat people are lazy. It's like I was probably the least lazy person I knew. I was well, very Well, you're athletic. doing well in comedy. There's no way you're lazy. Right. That's a fucking hard job. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the thing is, um, I mean, I don't want to get off topic, but I mean, the whole weight weight issue, I mean, there is a health, an important health element to it, but it's such a so- social, a society imposed you know, uh, trope that like you can't even really have a normal. There's no way to know what's normal, really, because right. it's such, we're all so fucked up about it. Yeah, but um, and we're also judged that way, and especially women and all that. But we've we've all been down that road. So um, uh, so like I said, you've been through a lot. Um, but I was wondering, so you, there are six kids and you're the youngest? Yes. So what was like your role in your family? What was, what kind of, you know? Well, they call me the only child because they all were, so I have four sisters. They're all about a year and a half, two years apart. And then my brother came along um, and I don't know why she didn't get her tubes tied. Um, that's a story she tells me all the time that she was on the operating table and she got a sick feeling in her stomach, which she believes was me mm-hmm. telling her not to get her tubes tied. And then four years later, I came along. So uh, I 
it's not that young of a like I'm not that no. much younger than them, right? But in in that house dynamic, I was because they were all teenagers when I was like Megan was 13 uh, when I was born. So like uh, they all like when Katie the went, oldest one, they, yeah, the oldest one was 13, and then my second oldest like didn't go a far away to college because she was like I don't want to be far from Peggy. Like, and they like kind of worshipped me <laughs> oh, uh, as a child. Um, it's probably why I'm a comedian. Um, they, my mom said that like she put me to bed and then they would all just go back to my room and if they heard me moving they'd wake me up and like I never slept I never cried like the stories of me is like I was the like the angel child sent to them um, and you know my name is Peggy which is like such not a baby name uh, and they called me Pookie my whole life <laughs> and so yeah I was sort of like as a little kid just like kind of worshipped and I was the only kid my mom could breastfeed so I was the only one who breastfed for that long and I always say that's why I'm smarter and the only (laughs) one that left Philadelphia Uh, (laughs) um, definitely breastfeed people it's a good thing Um, if you can if you can yes Um, but um, so you know, I as you were a, cherished. I was cherished. Oh, you were um, like the best family toy ever. Yeah, basically. Oh, yeah. and they'd probably fight over who got to hold you and yeah. do all that. That mm-hmm. is so. Oh, and I was always performing. I mean, I knew I wanted to be an like I wanted to be yeah. on TV or on stage from like a little kid. Like mm-hmm. I used to just say to my mom all the time, like, "Well, why can't I just be on TV if these people are on TV?" Like, <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, why is Mary Kay and Ashley on TV? I should be there. <laughs> um, exactly. So, yeah, and then, you know. So you um, were always like a theater kid, would we say? Theater. I, I Actually, my first real performing was I was a cheerleader uh, for 15 really? years. Wow, so you're athletic. Well, uh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I Yeah, I started, they all cheered, and I was their mascot when I was little, which then we just, mascot just meant like the little girls would put on the same uniform and like stand around. But right. I was obsessed with it. So I was like better than a lot of the kids who were like in seventh and eighth grade. Uh. And I was very tall. So eventually my mom was like, you can't. You're like taller than one of the eighth graders. Um, so she got she signed me up for an all-star team, which is basically uh. a competitive team that you, yeah. you did all year long. Yeah. So those were my first performing, mm-hmm. really. Um, mm-hmm. And then I did, you know, I would do like theater here and there. I don't have a great voice and most theater programs when you're younger is all musical yeah. based. Yeah. So, um, yeah. you have a great talking voice. I do. I mean, I have a fine voice. It's, just, it's not, just not uh, enough to be, it's make, not a Broadway. It's you not, know? you're going to base your I career think, on yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I'm really good at karaoke. Oh, uh, <laughs> but well, you guys should all go out with Peggy for, she's single and she likes <laughs> karaoke. I think, yeah. you know, I think, yeah, just, yeah, send her an email. Yeah. Um, so, so your childhood sounds pretty. Yeah, it's pretty magical until I went to grade school. And then what happened? Well, then I was the first time in my life anyone told me I was fat or tall or you know I looked like a monster. And uh, so you know I was very uh, yeah they were dark days. <laughs> uh, I hated grade school when I was little. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you know, just getting picked on, getting bullied. It's just, it's a weird thing to happen um, where you're like, you know, grow up around all these people. And like all of my sister's friends adored me. Like, you know, I was just a really happy yeah. kid. And, and you're then, obviously smart and funny and charming and have charisma too. Right. So then when I went to, you know, kindergarten and first grade, it just was like, that's, you know, the first time you realize that like, oh... You know, I'm not, not popular. This. I'm not the, you know, I'm not the right. pretty little girl. So I'm thinking about this. This is really interesting to me because um, you, you know, a lot of times um, 
you know, you a lot of times um, somebody who doesn't who has you know it is unusual. Let's just put it this way: there's nothing. Your life sounds great to me. I'll tell you that much. It sounds like a lot of fun. You've got a lot of people. You know, it sounds great. Yeah. Um, it's not missing anything from my point of view, but it sounds like also that nor you know normally or you might you know it's unusual. I think that you're 29 and haven't. And have all this contact with men and haven't had a relationship that's longer than like two years. It's unusual, no? Um, yeah, but I mean, I think that all is, you know, that's an insecure. I mean, I don't, I didn't, I wasn't There's, secure enough to have a, a boyfriend until I was, you know, 26. So I got sober. Yeah. But I mean, basically, it, li- like life was great up until, and, you know, having five brothers and sisters is great until you all grow up and you realize you're different people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when you, there's a lot of people around, there's more drama and, you know, then there's in-laws and there's my, you know, uh, the family business comes into play. And mm-hmm. I have, uh, you know, my my oldest sister, my probably the sister that I was closest to my whole life, um, she, her her daughter drown in a pool. Oh my was... God! I'm so sorry. No, That's so it's... horrible. Yeah. How old were you? I was 24. Oh, what and so ch- a year later, I got sober. So that's like why I got sober. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so a was... year after that, her other baby uh, died of SIDS. So I had a really great life, and then I think my early 20s really shook up everything you know yeah um you know my brother uh, struggles with struggled with sobriety he's sober now Mm -hmm. i have another sister that you know is i I believe is active in you know drug use so it's like Mm -hmm. there's you have um it's probably biological right from uh, the bipolar stuff and all that stuff yeah yeah so there's definitely so we're irish so you just say you're an alcoholic or a drunk (laughs) (laughs) it took took years i mean my sister still won't admit that my dad is bipolar they're like well he's just having a bad time i'm like stop being so catholic (laughs) that's yeah no i mean but it's good that you 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 were honest but you know, it's funny because, like, it feels to me like um, that maybe there's, you know, a trust issue because it sounds like you were really um, made to feel, like, incredibly secure and um, by your family as – and, like, you know, um, then when you got out in the world, people got really scary at a pretty young age, right? Yeah. So um, have you had trouble with trust and trusting people and – yeah. Stuff like that. Like, how does that play out? Well, I mean, again, my dad was amazing, but I was, I was, I think, 13 when I was sitting around with my sisters and my mom, and uh, they just openly were talking about how all men cheat, and that's just the reality of our world, uh, which is a very old school way of looking at life. Um mm-hmm. And I think I was maybe too young to hear it. Um, mm-hmm. But I always was a part of the conversation because I was a smart kid and I wanted to know everything. Sure. Um, and, you know, my oldest sister remembers times when my mom was crazy and thought my dad was cheating. Now, none of that was ever, you know, 100 uh, percent, you know, confirmed. Sure. But. Uh, you know, we did go for the summertime. We went to the shore all summer long, and my dad came down on weekends. So it's like, you know, my mom was like, oh, "I'm not dumb." <laughs> Is he uh, a flirt? 
Yeah. Oh, oh my god. My okay. dad's the greatest. He's a. He's like. Oh. Okay. You would fall in love with him. He's the only woman. I, the only man I know that I, I've watched him cup a waitress's ass and she said thank you. Like oh, he's that's like, your example. He is like the oh. most charming, uh, but like not pervy. You know what I mean? He's just like no. A, he's no, like, I get it. I get it. Just old school Irish. You know. I no. I get it, and I'm not judging him, but I'm saying like think think about that's like. Um, that I think that would be confusing for a child. That's yeah. all. I mean, I mean, I didn't see that. One. Yeah, no, it was confusing. Like hearing that conversation. I mean, that was you know, my dad's mm-hmm. like the funnest person to drink with. So before he got sick, mm-hmm. we would go. The two of us would go out all the time together. When I would like in the during college, I'd go to the shore and just like wait tables. Mm-hmm. And so we would go out every Monday, and I'd get oysters, and he'd eat like a mm-hmm. you know a burger, and we would just hang out and watch. You know, sports. How, how do you think your um, relationship with your father has influenced the way that you see men? And I'm talking about like men that are like potential dates or romantic interests. Well, I do find that I'm attracted to the larger than life kind of uh, charismatic guys. Um, mm-hmm. Comedians? Comedian, I yeah, both of my ex boyfriends um, were comedians. Um, right. I will n- try never to do that again because it's a nightmare now. Uh, <laughs> everywhere, uh, uh, and I, think I know it happens their current a girlfriends. Lot. Real nightmare, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, my, I, 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 it's funny. Both the guys I dated very different, um, and I think the first guy is similar. Um, to my father and then the second guy was kind of the opposite like he was more of an uh, you know he read a lot like I don't even think my dad can read like I'm not sure Mm -hmm. he was (laughs) intellectual he was more intellectual and you know we would have deep conversations and um, Mm -hmm. he was very like loving and but he wasn't like um, you know what I in my dumb monkey brain think of what a man should be (laughs) but Uh uh-huh but it, but it it feels very primal. Like when I when yes. when I find myself being like, oh, I really like this guy, but then something about him is like, oh, I don't like that he's not like, you know, he's not a take charge kind of guy. Like right, like your I've, dad. Yeah. Were you daddy's favorite? I don't know. Uh, Maybe no. my sister Katie was. She, uh, she's the second, and she's still called number one. We all call her the number one. Because did you want to be the favorite? Like, was that an issue? Did you think um, about it? No, because I. Uh, it just didn't really. It you just know what's didn't funny? Is like now my dad and I will have conversations, mm-hmm. and he will say that I'm his favorite. Like, which is a terrible thing for dads to do. He probably mm-hmm. says it to all of us. Yeah, but. The truth is that I'm the closest to my mom. Like I'm uh, ah. like in um, personality, right. not personality. I, I have my dad's personality, but I have my like my mom. Nobody else is into musical theater. Nobody else is ah. into like performing. Ah. Um, they're all like very larger than life. They're all really good dancers, but they never ever had that need to perform. Whereas my right. mom and I both were obsessed with it. Um, so yeah. my dad always just says like, it's almost like that thing of like, he understands, like Katie and him are a lot of like, they're very business oriented. Mm-hmm. So they have like a good rapport for that. Whereas like my dad and I will sit and it's almost like I'm teaching him something and he's like, he always says it. He's always like, I don't know why you didn't go like into, like you should be a journalist. You should be on TV. Like you're so much smarter than um, everybody else, but I'm like, Dad, I'm dyslexic. I'm actually not smart. Just we come from a dumb a family. Lot of crea- <laughs> a lot of real creative people are dyslexic. Yeah. It's true. Um, especially a lot of visual artists, I think. Yeah. So, um, but um, maybe there was some mystery that you had with your dad, which kind of made it, I mean, it, you know, favorite or not favorite, but it was maybe more the dynamic that your mother had with him, right? Right. It, more along the lines. So this is what I'm thinking. Um, I'm thinking about... Um, 
you know, and I'm a self-proclaimed psychotherapist. I'm not right by any means. I'm just stab- taking stabs in the dark. So forgive me if I'm just, you know, if I sound like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but what I'm thinking is, is that the kind of men that you get excited about are um, impossible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One hundred percent. I wasn't going to say that, but that's the reality. They're impossible. It's not a real person that I want. I well, want. it's just somebody who's never. I mean, those people are really hard to be in relationships with. I think, right? I've never actually. I don't usually get the, those guys. Hate me for some. Not hate me, but those. Those guys. I don't know. I never. You know. I never go out with those guys. Or I've never. I mean, I'm married now, but I've. That's not the kind of guys that I went that. I had any dynamic with. I would have liked to, but um, no experience on my yeah. part. So, uh, but those guys are the guys that all the chicks like, right? Right. And they have like, they know that the chicks like them. Yes. And that's part of who they are, right? Right. And that's part of what makes them desirable. Right. So it's kind of like, and I understand why you like that because you were pro, you come by it honestly. You know, you were programmed for that. I don't think it's like an ego thing. You know, some women go after that guys like that because they want to show that guy off. Or well, and to be honest, I because I have such low self esteem, I never ever think that those guys would date me. Um, what happens to me a lot of times is like I become best friends with those guys. Right. Um, so. I think becoming best friends with somebody who is like that, maybe who's someone who's like a womanizer or somebody who's like overly charming and a great liar, you quickly learn how to pick up when you meet them again in life. And mm-hmm. then I think that is why I'm kind of closed off right now is because I'm like, I know the kind of people I gravitate to are the same guys that, you know, are probably going to hurt you in the end. So. Mm-hmm. With having a ton of guy friends that are like that and knowing the way their minds think just yeah. from talking to them. Sure. It has stopped me from, you know, a couple relationships that I could have started or whatever. Well, that's probably um, very self, you know, protective. On, I mean, that's probably really smart in a yeah. way. And maybe that's why you're shut off right now because you don't think, you know, you kind of like know what you're going for isn't going to work. But what I was going to say, and I actually think that I was starting to hear you guys talk about this on your podcast that I listened to before, is um, that, and I I've been through this myself with the to some degree, um, is like the person that you get excited about that you like feel that like oh my god I'm in love thing for, um, like you. You kind of like I think there's a I think you kind of have to like think like, well, I'm not going to have that if I'm going to have a relationship. It's not going to start out that way. Right. So you and I have no desire to to be in one of those like gut wrenching. Oh, my God, I'm so in love with you relationships because um, that is mm -hmm. terrible and hard to get away from. It's an addiction. It's an addiction. It's totally an addiction, just like every other. I can't like there's one guy that like I really like it shakes me for a couple days when I see just see him, let Mm -hmm. alone if Mm -hmm. we talk. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have no desire to do that again. So I think it's like, I mean, I'm going to say that I'm sounds like a sign of growth that you actually cut yourself off a bit because you know you're smart enough and you're aware enough and you're on top of yourself enough to know that's not going to work out. So what we need 
to think about, what I'm thinking about anyway, is what um, are you open to guys that you wouldn't normally be open to? Of course. I love all men. I'm an opportunist. <laughs> all shapes and sizes. So, so is there – like, is there a guy that you th- that you know has wanted to go out with you that you? I mean, you must be fussy to some degree. I mean, is there a guy that you would want to go out with that you think like, oh, I, or that would want to go out with you that you'd be like, oh no, I'm not going. I don't know. I'm not very good at um, uh, knowing when somebody's. In- I have um, the the brain of fat Peggy still, so yes, I, I assume understand. everybody wants to just be my friend. Right. So I've had after like thoughts of like where I've had guys be like, you know, months later, like. I tried to ask you out on a couple of dates and you just didn't really pick up on it. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I thought we were just like chat. Like I didn't realize that that's mm-hmm. what that was. Um, so I'm very bad at it. So like literally if you are a guy listening to this and you have a crush on me, you have yeah, to like, let beat her me know. over the head Let with her it. know. I bet you – I mean I'm telling you, I can imagine a lot of guys having crushes on you. I have no doubt. I mean that's how – that's – that's my sense. That's what I would think. But I also think it's a really great – I mean I would – that's a great defense to have because if you can – you know, you get – you may get some reinforcement for, for holding on to that because if you think of yourself as Fat Peggy, then, <laughs> um, then it's a hell of a lot more fun and a hell of a lot easier to hang around these like really hot guys, right? Because – you don't have to have that dynamic with them. You don't have to go there. Right. Is that true? Does that feel like that for sure. you? I don't know if I'm hanging out with like super hot guys. Well. They're, I would say they're super charming. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, they're comedians, right? <laughs> yeah. So there's something they're just wrong charming. With them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, yeah. I mean, desirable guys, whatever. Right. Guys that you feel are above your pay grade. Yes. Okay, which is bullshit, but that's we're just talking talking about what you likely feel. So do you think that you there's part of you that just wants to you don't want to get you know, maybe I'm not saying you have control, you want to, you don't want to, but some of that gets reinforced cuz it's like fun to be around them and not feel any pressure like when you see them you know, you see other girls um, wanting to go out with them and they're your buddies. Like, do you ever feel like, oh, thank God they're my buddies and I'm not in that situation? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. A, a couple. Um, you know, where I, I know what they do and I am like, well, I'm glad I dodged that bullet. Mm-hmm. Um I have a lot of guy friends that I'm, I'm good friends with that I that I have slept with, so I I have I, have, I know them that way, mm-hmm. and, and like um, so it, um, I kind of can I can go okay great like yeah we we do have this great relationship, but I know that if I was dating them it would be a it would be a, a hard um, I don't know life right <laughs> the other thing the other thing well you you're real about it. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, and it's great that you can mean, you know, having you're obviously really good at having relationships. It makes sense because you're, you know, you have such large family and a, you know, great family or a loving family um, that you enjoy. I think that's so great, helpful. Yeah. But um, so I was going to say, uh, what about? Um, I was going to say, uh, what was I going to say? There's something I was going to ask you. Oh my God! I lost my train of thought, and now we have dead air. Help! <laughs> it's okay. Let me let me just get back to it. Um, so I was thinking about how you um, 
Okay. The well, guy. I can mm-hmm. just go ahead. This. Go um, ahead. I I know. Uh, I know that there's like a pattern of behavior with me where I like end up, you know, like a like really, you know, enjoying somebody's company and like wanting them to date me. And I know deep down that they're just never going to for whatever their hangups are. Um, and I find myself doing this like going, finding guys like this all the time throughout my life because there's something um, safe about it. Yeah, You know what I mean? I yes. know deep down this will never be anything real. Yes. And I'm not allowed to A, get upset because it isn't anything real, even though I think, you know, you can mm-hmm. feel however you want to feel. But I, I find myself that, like, it's easier. Also, I'll say this. After um, having dated somebody who was my really, really good friend before we started dating and then losing him completely as a friend as well as a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like very, like very upsetting. Sure. Um, because I went from being the friend who heard about the girls that he didn't like or the girls that were, you know, fucking him over or the girls that he was madly in love with to being that girl. And I don't like being that girl. I don't like being the sure. girlfriend. I don't want to be the right. girl that guys are like, I can't believe this right. bitch is saying this or whatever right. it is. So there's right. something safe with being the the, right. the girl that sits at the bar with the guy and 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 gets to hear sure. about how yeah that's, you know that's and I I'm, know how I'm, fucked up that is you know no no and that it's being not said fu- I have a ton of girlfriends so I'm not like that girl well, either this is, I, hate those I remembered girls. what I was gonna say to you is like I wonder how important it is for you to have a relationship. I mean, at this point in your life, like how much, and I'm, I, I have no idea. I mean, can you answer this? Do you know? I mean, because you have, well, you have, um, you have so much, um, you know, you, it sounds like you have a great, you have so much companionship. Do you have a roommate and stuff? I have two roommates, yeah. Yeah, but you have like a million friends. You have a lot of male energy. You have, you don't have like, you don't have a lot of big social emotional holes it appears to me in your life there's not like and you and you also seems like you have enough sexual contact yeah so i'm wondering like right now how important like is this something that's a priority to you no it's not at all <laughs> i think that's like uh but then again, I don't know, because then there's a part of you that's like, you know, last week I felt lost and I called a psychic to just be like, will I ever find somebody? Like, mm-hmm. So it's like, I think we all have it deep down that we want companionship. Um, just I also just know that I'm not um, in, the, in a place to really um, You mean you somebody. don't own a house and a car? No. <laughs> well, I'm going to, you know, this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that like... Um, that there could be for you a lot of uh, uh, an area of growth. Like there isn't, like I think your life, like I said before, sounds great. It's, you're great in relation, you know, you obviously are good in relationships and there's, you know, uh, the, the, you've done very well with the other people out there. Mm-hmm. And that's great. I don't great. think my ex-boyfriends would say that, but yes. I mean, they're, you know, <laughs> the other relationships. you're not Friendship. a loner and, no. you know, a hibernating person. So that's that's really great. Right. Um, but what I'm thinking is, is that you have like the most lovely, perfectly knitted um, uh, uh, veil of, uh, beautiful veil of defenses of getting involved with somebody. And it fits you very, very well. It's perfect on you. And I think that um, you can avoid, I think, you know, I think if you 
took it off a little, you would have some growth if you wanted to. Do yeah. You, do you know what I mean? Sure. Because I think there is a lot of growth in having um, a long-term relationship. I don't think it's all fun. I think it's a sacrifice. But I do think that, like, it would help you. I think there are a lot of men out there a lot who would really, like, love you and be supportive and faithful and, you know, pay, they're annoying and all that. But I think I think you I think there is something that men would be you could ease not easily, but I think it's out there. I think there's a ton of it out there for, waiting for you if you wanted to get it. If you want to get that feeling of a guy who's committed to you and you alone and isn't going to like pinch other girls asses and just only has eyes for you and is a you know, a good guy, maybe a little, I don't know, something that, you know, maybe he's not as tall or maybe he's not as funny or whatever. But there's... Well, I like the... short guys, so that's not a problem. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, short guys. You're probably... <laughs> We're going to make sure you get a lot of... You're going to have so many dates after this. No, I hate dates. So oh, no like dates. <laughs> You're going to be sleeping with a lot of guys after okay, this. Okay, that sounds fun. Okay. Um, um, but do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think there... I think you... I think, like, you don't need to, but I think there is some growth out there for you if you wanted it. Yeah. Does I, that make any sense? Of course. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 uh, I'm not like hopeless. I'm not like, oh, I'll no, never find anyone. That's not the issue. Yeah. I, uh, I do think that, yeah, like a, it, um, you can grow from a really good, healthy relationship. It's like there's not enough need in you to motivate you to. Yeah, I have no need. I have you no have no motivation. need. And that's, and so the only need, it's something you have to be like, it's kind of like, I think for you to really find a guy that you really wanted to get involved in, it would kind of be like going to the gym in the sense that we hate going to the gym and we like the results. Right. So that's your do, – but does that make any sense to do, do, do Of course, do yeah. We, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely think. So have – I mean the other thing I was thinking about is how – I know comedy is like a totally consuming activity with your with one's social life, right? Yes. So how many people do you know outside? Like, do you get involved in anything outside the community socially? Um, yeah. I mean, I went to college here. So I have a ton of college friends that still live in Brooklyn and Queens. And so, you know, I hang out with them. Uh, I uh, used to work at a, a different I, – I used to waitress at this restaurant, and I still chat with those mm -hmm. people. Um, so, yeah, I have a – Good some networking someone. out the outside because yeah. this is what I think would be good. This is like me for what it's worth telling you what telling yeah because I know everything. Telling you what um, I'm imagining a guy that would sort of be in the background with you on the pedestal a little bit. Do you see that for you? Do you see yourself in that role? Um, yes and no. I don't, uh, I, I do, I, like, if I was to, like, you know, have the list of the, the perfect guy for me, I kind of would want someone, yeah, who, um, had their own shit going on so that we both could just kind of be partners and supportive of each other's life, but not necessarily one of us being the alpha and one of us being the beta. I think, like, I'm a pretty alpha woman, so I want an alpha male. See, so I, I think that's want... the hard part, the alpha, because you are an alpha woman and an alpha male um, is going to butt heads with you. Yeah, but so is a beta male because 
Well, uh, an alpha, a, a male that's like an alpha and something that you're not. Right. And that's what I'm saying. I don't want another comedian. I don't want another even maybe performer, but like somebody who I, I don't want, I don't want, um, I don't need, I was just actually, we were just talking about this on my podcast, the language of love, you know, the five languages of love and like mm-hmm. devotion or like whatever, like that sounds like a nightmare. Like a guy oh, who is yeah, just, that's who's stupid. like, oh yeah, my I know God, you you're the best. Like, I no, don't want that. No. I want a partner. I don't need. No, I get that. And that's what I mean yeah. by like, I don't want to be in that relationship where it's all passion, but yet there's like, you know, no. underlining we're both like pretty fucked no, up about No, because stuff. you've got a big life and you want somebody that has a big life too, right. but maybe just shy. How about that? Oh, I can. Yeah, no, that's fine. You, but you can sh- have. You can. You can be an alpha male and still be shy. Absolutely. So, do you come across guys like that very often? Um. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely dated a few guys that are, you know, a little quieter than me and um, a little bit more like intro. Inter- introverted or yeah. self-contained is always a good way to be. Yeah. Self-contained is good. Yeah. Have you? Um. Because you're you know, a big personality. And if you were going to go with a guy like that, go for a guy like that, you might have to make some of the effort. Is that something that you ever, do you ever? Oh, um, every single guy I've ever dated, I've asked out. Hmm. That's interesting. So. I mean, in a way, yeah. So. I'm not a, uh, I don't get asked out a lot. Everyone always says they're like, oh, you get out. Never gotten asked out. You know, that's really funny because you're saying on one hand um, that, um, you don't. You can't pick up on when guys are asking you out, yeah. but then um, you ask out the guys. So it's almost like maybe you're you you're not. Ex- yeah, you know that's a that's a good thing that you said. Like well, maybe like, tuning so, into some of that so, too. Okay, um, I've only been on a few dates or have been in like a thing where it's like somebody mm-hmm. asked the other person out. Um, I've been with a lot of guys that are probably more aggressive in real life, you know, like, and Mm -hmm. they make the move. Um, Mm -hmm. Or maybe I hear that somebody likes me and then I just sort of like bite Uh the bullet and I Uh ask them out. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've definitely been like, you know, approached. I'm not saying that. I'm not like, I I would say like at a bar, a guy, you know. Yeah, of course. Whatever that is. Yeah. um, But yeah, like the few times that I've gone on a date, a lot of, I would say 95% of the time. Because again, my my the second guy I dated, he and I were friends, so it sort of just sort of happened, happened. organically. That's a great way to. Yeah. Um, it's a bad way because uh, then you lose your best friend. But, well, uh, this didn't is, work out, yeah. but it can. Um, right. I don't think so. I think that when Harry met Sally, ruined women, and that's not a real thing. And you know, you're hmm. not supposed to. Interesting. Ruin friendships like that. Huh. Um, I'm very anti it. Um, uh-huh. That being said, I probably will do it again. Um, <laughs> so, but the first guy I ever dated, it was because somebody had told me he had a crush on me. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to ask this guy on a date. Like, I don't really give a fuck. I don't know him uh, that well. And then it was just, you know. But did you wonder about, like, why hadn't he asked you on a date? Uh, yeah, we talked about it. He's like, I was eventually going to. I just, you just did it. First? I, I'm just a very, like, when I want something, I'm like, well, I'm just going to get mm-hmm. it. Um and I didn't think that was going to turn into a serious relationship. You know, I just was like, oh, this right. is just be a fun person. I don't really know. Right. I'll get to know him. Um, and there was something like I, I thought he was cute, but I wasn't like, oh, pining for him. You know, I don't think I'd ask out a guy who I was pining for. But 
Right, right. So you know what, Peggy? Can you believe this? We only have 10 minutes left. I don't. That's crazy. This is very fast. And fun. Went very fast. I've learned. No, it's really interesting. I think the issues that we're discussing are really like a lot of, I mean, other, you know, it's you're, you're not alone in this by any means. Right. Um, I wanted to say like one more thing, and then maybe we should just start summing it up and telling everybody about how all the great things you're doing soon. Okay. But um, the one thing, the one other thing I was thinking was, um, you know, I, I, this may sound like so old fashioned, but um, I, because I've been on both sides, you know, asking people out. I've had this conversation many, many times with different people. But I think that biologically men are set up to ask the woman out. And I'm not making any kind of judgment about that, but it is a different kind of dynamic. So have you had that kind of dynamic where the guy has pursued you? Um, kind of, but not really. Yeah, so I think that – I think if you um had faith that the guy was going to ask you out, if you just said to your – you know, like don't – you know, try just – keep an open mind. I mean, maybe pulling back is a good way to handle that. But I think that would change your dynamic out there in the world to some degree, if you could think the guy's going to ask you out and just flirt with him and encourage him, but don't ask him out yourself. What do you think? Does that make any sense? Yeah, that makes sense. It's just against everything I believe, but sure. Right. It's against everything I believe too. But I know that um, it's there is biology. I don't know. I don't, you know, I mean, I. it's not a judge. It's not a value thing. I just think that it's a biology thing. Well, because, well, well I guess what I try to say, what, what I mean is like, I'm not saying that in the, rela- see, I think that this is also a, a thing people don't understand. You can be an alpha woman in every aspect of your life, even asking a dude out. But in the dynamics of a boyfriend, girlfriend, I have never been the alpha woman. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I allow the man to be a man. To an extent, you know what I mean. Like, right? We all know like, we, yeah. Men yeah, want to be men how, and all I know that. how to like. Yeah, I mean, yes, I asked out my first boyfriend, but he became he was the one who then mm-hmm. dictated what you know, right? What, you know, yeah, how it was. But, so I, I, I just mean like I, I don't know. I just don't live in a world where you can just sit on a rock and just wait for somebody to come to you. I didn't live. I don't live like that. I don't. I don't. Yeah. No, I don't I believe get it. you are going to walk through a mall and then a talent scout. No, no. Up but to you I and, think like I think that. Um, if you got the feeling and, – and I'm not saying like the whole relationship has to be – has anything to do with that. I'm just talking about setting up the dynamic like where the guy feels in control and that you're, you're, you're like you're responding to him. You're doing him a favor by going out with him. And I'm not saying – like that's not a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just saying that's something that occurred to me that yeah. might change the dynamic a little. If you think about it, it's just yeah. a thought. It's a thought. So, Peggy, this was like, whoa. Um, Wait, what do you mean by that? This is whoa. Oh, I, I thought like, you know, I thought we really got down to it. Yeah, no, I think do it was you? great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, good, good. And um, how are you feeling? Like, do you have any uh, – did you want to say anything or something? We have to sum this up and then talk about y- what you're doing. We have um, six yeah, minutes. Yeah, no, I, uh, this was great. And I think that you know, like I'm, I'm not opposed to mm-hmm. people asking me out. I just mm-hmm. also, um, I've also just come to know that if you want something, you have to go get it. Um, yes, but yes, yes, in in every in yes. 
So, um, but definitely, if yeah, you are I a think charming it's just man a different. You don't do comedy, I think it's you can a different. I just out. think it's a different dynamic that sets up the initial. I don't know, whatever. Something to think about. Jesus, isn't? Thank God this isn't your biggest. This is you know you've got a lot going on. So, you know, it, and you're young. So, it, do you want to have children? Uh, if my partner wants to have children. Hmm. That's interesting. That could probably be a whole other session. I, I, I just, it's the same thing with marriage. Like if that is what that those two people decide together, I don't think it's a, um, marriage and having children. We all think it's just like, well, I want this. I want that. It's like, I, if I meet the right guy and I think that we would be good parents together. Yes. Um, if I meet somebody and we have a really fun energy and maybe he's older and he just wants to travel the world and, you know, be cool and, mm-hmm. and that's great. You know, I, I'm like real, me. I'm like real excited if I like met a guy who had like two teenage kids oh, and yeah. I'd love to be a stepmom. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm, I'm totally, I don't believe in like, those aren't goals in my opinion for me. Now in I four years, as, I could totally change. No, I don't see them as goals. I just think, see them as like, how do you see, how do you, you know, if you can imagine it, um, which is, you know, but, um, no, you know, you'll find out. You'll find out. I'm sure um, you would be a good mom. But well, yeah, yeah, I a love lot kids. Of it, I have a lot, a lot of, of nieces and nephews. So do you have a – you have a job that you – I mean, do you have another thing that you do? Yeah, I manage a bar. So you are a busy gal. Yes. A very, very busy very, gal. Very busy. We have no time for children right now. No. Cool. Or the money. <laughs> so what – um. What's coming up? We got four minutes. So, Let's talk about what yeah, you've got going um, on. Well, definitely check out my podcast, uh, Hard Lonely and Vicious, on Cave Comedy Radio, um, which is a radio station that's a run out of, or a podcast network run out of The Creek in the Cave in Long Island City. I That's the bar that I manage. So if you want to come meet me, I'm oh, probably there. Oh, you manage there. that bar? That's yeah. like a great comedy bar. Yeah. And then I run a couple shows out of there. Uh, Hard Lonely and Vicious is one of them. It's the second Saturday of every month. Um, and then another showcase show that I host and produce, it's called Cave, um, Creek Cave Live. Uh, it's a showcase show. It's really fun. Um, I also host Picture This at <gasps> Union Hall. I want to see that. It's a really great show. Oh, it's my really great. God. It's, yeah. I was looking that up. I'm the, the New York host. Um, it's awesome. I love them. Um, it's like animators that draw why the comedians are doing their sets. Yeah, Brandy Posey and Sam Varela. Uh, Brandy is L.A.-based comic, and Sam Varela is an amazing producer, and they created Crazy. an L.A. LA. And then when Sam moved here, she brought it to Union Hall and I did it once and then she had me host once and then, you know, she oh, had me be the official be host. So, so it was great. Fun. Yeah. Um, and the animators are amazing. My head animator is um, Brian Brinkman. He's f- amazing. We actually were just all on Mike Kaplan's uh, uh, podcast. Yeah. Mike yeah. was on last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On I, this. You were did saying you, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know if that came out yet, but look for that. Um, mm mm-hmm. I will be, if you are in Florida, I will be at um, the uh, Florida, the West Palm Improv um, Valentine's Day weekend, uh, hosting for Pauly Shore. And then <gasps> are you the kidding? That's week, exciting. Yeah. And then the following week, I'll be at uh, the Fort Lauderdale Improv with J.B. Smoove. Oh, awesome. wow. Yeah. And you get all those trips. Is that fun? Oh, it's so great. Oh, my God. And I'm going to Austin in a week. So if you're in Austin, I'm doing Hard, Lonely, and Vicious Saturday night at midnight at the New Movement wow. Theater. Yeah. Wow. How much fun is that? Who wants a guy? 
I know, right? Dragging I'm traveling. You down. That I, must be great. I'm going to be in Florida for two weeks when it's super cold here. Oh, Who man. Needs a Doing comedy? Yeah. You can't beat that. It's the best. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So we are uh, down to the wire here. Like, Peggy's been great, right? I knew you guys were going to love her. Let's hope. <laughs> no, you. And you can follow me on Twitter. It's just at Peggy O'Leary or on Instagram at Aunt Poggy, which is Aunt underscore P U G H Y, because that's what my nieces call me. <laughs> oh, you have nieces. You don't even need children. No, no I have 14 nieces and nephews. So oh, I'm, are you I'm, kidding? Oh, one of them is going to love me enough to take oh, care of me. Oh, man, you don't need any kids. You no. don't, you've got it all worked out. So I just want to say thanks again for listening. And remember that we're Radio Free Brooklyn, the best radio station in the Western Hemisphere by a long shot, by the way. <laughs> I've listened to all of them. And um, please go to our uh, Patreon page and, like, give us, like, if you give it for five cents a week, one of these radio hosts won't starve. <laughs> you know, just five cents a week and and we can, uh, you know, make sure that they don't become malnutrition or run out of out of beer. Um, and... Uh, I hope you all have a great week. Dr. Lisa gives a shit.